God bless him. Thank you, Brother Ewan. <clears throat> what we need and what we want sometimes is just a little bit different. And what the Lord gives us is what we ought to thank him for. It is an honor to be here this morning. And uh, I'm going to endeavor to obey the Holy Ghost. Somehow, I think the Lord will be pleased with us if we give to him all the honor and the glory. Because he's the one who saved us. And I trust that you would understand that before you leave this place today. I would like to read this morning <clears throat> in First uh, Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40 and then I would like to go to 2 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 5. 1 Samuel 17 and 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And then in Second Samuel chapter 16 and verse 5, and when King David came to Beharam, behold, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gur. And he came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. You can be seated. I've read uh, from these two passages this morning and I'll be honest I have questions in my mind why the Lord keeps pushing me in this direction. Um, but I'm not going to deviate from what the Lord is telling me. The Bible says that David went down by the brook and he picked up five smooth stones and put them in a shepherd's bag, even in a script. And then uh, in the second book of Samuel, 16 and 5, David and his mighty men, they were walking along beside the brook and a man from the household of Saul, he was the grandson of Saul, whose name was Shimei, and he cursed David and he threw stones at David and the people and the mighty men that were on his right hand and on his left. And it almost caused a war among these mighty men because one turned to David and said, David, 
If you'll just give me the word, I'll cross that brook and I'll take him with one hand and just go, and he'll be gone. You see, David chose out 30, the Bible says in one place 30, and then it increased to 33 later. But he said he chose out 30 men, 30 mighty men, and he trained them. And he trained them to throw stones and to shoot arrows. And the Bible says they become very, very good. They were as good as the 700 left-handed men who could shoot within a hair's breadth or hit dead center on the target. But these men, he trained night and day. They were, they were to use the left hand or the right hand. And uh, they could throw a stone and not miss. Unfortunately, one of the men that he trained was Shimei. He trained this man, and now he's using what he knows to attack the very man who trained him. And while he is attack, attacking him, not just him, but all the people, the Bible says he he began to throw stones at all the people and at the mighty men on his right hand and on his left hand. And as he began to do this, uh, there were some that rose up. Just let me get to him. I can stop him. I'll guarantee you he won't throw another stone when I get through with him because I have the ability with my bare hands to do these things. But David stopped him. He says, wait a minute. He said, it may be that the Lord has raised him up. This may be the will of God that he throws stones at me. But he said, let me tell you what's the will of God for you. I've trained you also to throw stones. But he said, you remember this script that I still carry. I have four stones left in it. And he says, if you're going to throw stones, why don't you kill giants? That's the title of my message this morning. If you're going to throw stones, kill giants. If you're going to throw stones, you can attack this pulpit. You can attack me. You can attack the Ewans, which I can't in my mind see how this is possible. You might attack those on the right hand or on the left, and you may even throw stones at all of the people. I could go into a thousand reasons why people do this. In uh, my years since I preached my first sermon as a child, 54 years ago. It, it, it amazes me at the reasons people will come up with that they're doing certain things and feel justified. But David said, there is better reason than what you have in mind. Shimei has lost his bearing. And he's going in the wrong direction. He was trained well, but he's under the influence of someone who doesn't like what God is doing. And it doesn't matter how great the revival or how good the move, there's always someone who has been trained who will start to disrupt and detract from the purpose of God's plan. But God is still going to have his purpose whether we join with those across the brook or no, or if we stay calm and allow us to receive instructions from the man who's carrying the script. You see, 
uh, the script become a commonplace thing. When the Lord called his disciples, he says, there's some things you need to take with you. And he says, you take a cloak and you take your script. Oh, Lord. There are bigger people and bigger giants to kill than those that are attacking us at the moment of our greatest hour. And so at this, at this juncture, David said just let him throw his stones. Let him pick up the dust and throw it at the stream as if to uh, just obliterate us to nothing more than dust. He can't hurt us. The stream is too wide. He's using every effort. But he says, I am going to give four of you boys one of the greatest opportunities you've ever had. Because in my pocket is a stone for the four brothers of Goliath that I brought down. And he says, if you are strong enough and have the courage, you will not cross the stream to attack uh, this boy called Shimei, but you will go down and bring down the very thing that causes all Israel to suffer, knowing that there's still four brothers with a vengeance out there, and they're waiting for an opportunity not just to throw a stone at David, but to bring down this thing from the top to the bottom. Because if there is one man who can hold all Israel at bay, there's still four of them that are potentially have that same power. And he says, boys, prepare yourselves. And then the Lord began to preface this thing with some of these 30 men. He says, I, I, I've got 30 men, and here's the power they got. The Teclamite that set its seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adoa, the, the Ezanite. He lifted up his spear. This is just one of David's strong men. The Bible says he lifted up his spear and brought down 800 people in one small scrimmage. And he says in Elzar, the son of Dole, he defied uh, the Philistines that gathered to battle and, and the men of Israel uh, were gone astray. And, uh, he, and then he says he arose and he, he got the sword in his hand and, and he, he fought until his hand wouldn't even turn loose of the sword. And he, he wrought a great victory and he killed everyone that come against him. He said, that was one of my 30. And he says, and there was another, Shimei, the son of Agi, the Herite. And the Philistines gathered together in a troop and he destroyed them. He said, these chief men, either one of y'all could go across and make a greasy spot out of what is Shimei. But he said, in the shadows out there and hiding in the caves is something greater. Oh, dear Lord, we've got to get that. Shimei is nothing compared to those four brothers that are probably sitting down right now plotting a way that they can come out with their, their mighty strength and their great stature and bring us to our knees. He said, so which of you 30 will do it? And he looked out to see who in the world of his 30, which one of y'all are going to be giant killers? What is that giant? Sometimes that giant that I'm talking about is something living down deep inside you that you don't have the power of. And if you could learn to destroy that very flesh in you that is the biggest hindrance to the cause of God across the world, it's not someone that I can point my finger at, but that person is me. Inside me is a giant that is bringing me to my knees and I can't overcome this thing. And then all of a sudden, 
Abishai, the son of Zeruah, the sister of David, David's nephew. He walks up to David and he says, David, give me one of those stones. So David reached in his scrip and pulled out one of the stones and he says, son, you're not one of the 30 that I named, but if you want to be among the 30, you go out and do what you say you can do. You see, the 30 was reduced to 29 because one of them was on the wrong side of the stream. And now the nephew of David steps up and says, let me be one of the 30. And so David reaches in his script and pulls out a stone and he says, son, if you think you can kill a giant, here it is. And then Jonathan, the son of Shemiah, who was the brother of David, he walked up and he says, Uncle David, would you give me one of those stones? And David said, son, you're not one of the 30. But he says, if you've got the courage to ask for one of these stones, I'll give it to you gladly. But don't you use this on your enemy that lives next door. I want you to go out and this stone has a name on it. And it's one of the sons of Rapha. And I want you to go out and bring him down. And then bring me word that you have not used this uh, uselessly. But that you have used it for one purpose. To bring down that giant in our life. And then there was one by the name of Shabibiai, who was the Hushatite. He said, I can do this too, David. And so David handed him one. And then Eliaham, uh, the Bethlehemite, he says, David, give me a stone. And these four men started down a road together. When the road forked, one went one direction. At the next fork, one went another direction. At the next fork, they separated and they started combing the hills, not as an army, but as an army of one. Hallelujah. In San Antonio years ago, some bad guys had taken over in a little town and they were wreaking havoc and they called for help because they were fixing to lose everything. The whole city was going to go down. They called for help, and so they sent a Texas Ranger. One. And when he come riding into town, someone says, is this it? And he said, it only takes one. And that Texas Ranger single-handedly took down that whole town. I can't kill that giant in you. You are the only one that can do it. And if you ever intend to profit by what I'm speaking to you about tonight, you're not going to go and look for the wrong here and around me and on my left and on my right and the men that I have chosen to walk with me and all the people you will look inside first and say, I have to have control that I will not retaliate against that who is attacking, but I will attack from the inside and kill what is destroying me first, and then I will go out and look for a giant. Oh God, if you're going to throw stones, if you're going to throw stones, it wasn't long that one of the young men come back and he was dragging something in a sack and he walked up to David and he says, David, here's the stone back in case anybody else needs it. And in the sack is the head of one of the sons of Rapha. Oh God, I've brought one of them down. And David says, I tell you what, there's just 30 on this inside ring here. 
but I would be glad to add you to the list. And then while he was yet talking, here come another boy riding up and he dismounted and had a sack in his hand. He says, I have one of the sons of Rapha and I have the stone to give back to you to put in your script. We might need it down the road. We don't know where another one might come from. And then it wasn't but a few hours that David looked up and his nephew come riding up with a sack in his hand. He said, I have one of the sons of Rapha. I have his head in this sack. And here's the stone back, Uncle David. I killed my giant. And it wasn't long until David had 33 right-hand men that he wasn't afraid to send them into any task. Oh God, there is an attack on the church of the living God. And normally it comes from those who have been trained around us and who knows all the inside track and they know who to get to and what to do to get to them. But outside is a greater battle that we've got to fight. First of all, killing that giant it's me, the one that I have to comb his hair every morning. The one that I have to be careful about that he doesn't stumble. The one that temptation comes and I have to be strong enough to withstand that. That giant continually attacks me. I can see that none of you have giants. It's very evident that you have the life of whatever. It's a calm and a peaceful period where you have been, and for the last 40 years, you have not seen any dissension or uh, dissimulation, or you have not seen any wars. But uh, where I come from, we are skilled in the use of the sword, and the use of the stone, and the use of the bow, because we've been in battle, but there's still giants out there. Every morning I have to take the stone out of my pocket and say, I dare you, Rafa, to send another one of your sons to attack my physical body. I dare you to attack my mind or my flesh and cause me to have to go down. And I have to kill that guy every day and then retrieve the stone from the middle of his head. But again, he comes back with one of his brothers to bring me down, to destroy my testimony Oh God, if you're going to kill or throw stones, you need to kill the giant inside you. Oh dear Lord. And when it's over, David reaches into his pocket and pulls out four stones that are no longer clean from the brook, but they have the evidence of battle on them. And he looks at them, and then he looks at his men, and he says, I'm glad that I had at least four men among me who was not afraid to go out and do battle, not among our people, but into the hills where there is the enemy who is laying in wait to bring us down. Oh Lord, it, it's not somebody who comes in who can condemn this pulpit or someone present who knows all the intertwined movements of the church. They're not the one who can do the most damage. I'm telling you, it's me. It's me that can do the most damage because inside me is always that evidence of something that is not like God. Someone please tell me they've never had to deal with their own flesh. Someone tell me that there's not a giant that you contend with every day. Tell me you've never been tempted. Come on, someone tell me. Tell me you're perfect. Tell me there's not a giant out there. He generally gets in the car with you on the way to work on Monday morning. When you're caught in traffic for no reason. Oh, 
Oh, God. But if you're going to throw stones, I'm ambidextrous. I use the right hand or the left hand. I carpenter with the left or the right. I hammer with the left or the right. I saw with the left or the right. It doesn't matter. It just depends on which way I pick up the saw. I'm ready to cut. I can cut as smooth and as straight with a skill saw as you can cut with a table saw with a guide. come from training but I got a giant in my life and about the time I think I've got him killed he miraculously raises up and I got to deal with him again and I got to go back and say David could I borrow that stone again I got to kill this giant again I don't know where this one come from maybe he's not the son of Rapha maybe he has some cousins out there but I got to deal with it if you're going to throw stones. Friends, somebody needs to rise up and say, it's not something wrong with the 30 men around Brother Ewan. It's something wrong with me, and I'm going to kill it today. When I walk out of this auditorium today, I will not be throwing stones at these men on the right or on the left or at all the people, but I'm going to find out, David, would you help and direct me that I can clean up that giant that has attacked me from my mind. You see, that giant gets in our mind and tells us, it can't be like that Bourne is talking about. It cannot be like Morgan is talking about. It can't be like those men say it's going to be. Revival doesn't come that way. Miracles doesn't happen. Oh, I, I beg your pardon. I, I beg your pardon. It does happen. And somehow, before this evening ends, and before the last light that has to be turned out has been flipped, and before the last car leaves this parking lot, there's going to be the skulls of Rapha's son laying at the feet of David. And the script it's going to be full again. The only difference when we go out with a script in our side, we reach in, we have five smooth stones. The apostles and the prophets. Oh, hallelujah. The evangelist and the teacher. You see, we, we got to understand that there is help that God gives us. And I offer to you a, a, uh, a reason, and I offer to you uh, the help that would bring you victorious over your own life. Generally, and I speak from many years of experience, generally when someone gets messed up in their life, they start trying to, cover and justify themselves with the wrong in everybody else. Brother G.R. Travis said it like this. He said, there was this baseball game going on. And when they got on the field, they looked around and there was only the pitcher and the hand catcher and the outfielder that showed up. The other team had all of their players. The man would go to bat and try to make it around. He had no hit. When he was in the outfield, they would hit the ball. They would pitch it and then try to run to the outfield, and they lost terribly, about 30 to nothing. And so when they got back to the uh, dugout, then they got there on Monday morning and the players got together and decided they needed a new coach. Because they lost so bad. But most of the players didn't even show up for the game. And so they all voted, let's get us a new coach. 
Well, um, that's way out there in left field, I know. But the picture of the story today is I want to look in the mirror right now. And I want to see why my friends are not praying through. How long has it been since you fasted seven days for your neighbor? How long has it been since you fasted 14 days for your child? How long has it been since you went into a prayer meeting where you found yourself laying on the floor and you couldn't get up for 21 days? Daniel prayed until he couldn't even stand up. He didn't eat, and on the 21st day, the angel of the Lord come flying into his room and said, Dave, or Daniel, I heard you the first day. But Artaxerxes, that general who was conquering the world, he was over there in another land, thousand miles away, and he was closing in. So, And I didn't have my book of Ezekiel finished. And Ezekiel, a thousand miles away from you, someone that you don't even know, and I call the name Ezekiel and it doesn't even register with you, but he is writing a book just like you, Daniel. And he's telling the future of the future. And he says he wasn't finished. And he said, I've been over there holding Artaxerxes back. And he says, but I got just a little break to come over and say, now what in the world do you want? Oh, hallelujah. Daniel's over there praying, God, I don't know what we're going to do. Ezekiel's over there praying for his life. Lord, I'm, I'm here, and, and this whole nation is crumbling in. Artaxerxes, that great general, is about to bring us down. And the Bible says, and Gabriel was standing there saying, no, no, you got to wait. I got, I got men back here. He's fervently writing a book that I'm telling him what the future is all the way down to 2004 and 5 and 6 and 7 and 8. And he says, and he's not finished yet. He's, he's telling and describing that city that I'm, I'm building. You leave him alone. Just wait, wait, wait right there. And, and, and Artaxerxes was so powerful, he couldn't understand why he couldn't get past this one little road. Every time he'd get there, just, he was hitting a, an invisible wall. Gabriel was saying, no, 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 no. He's, he's right around the corner there, and he's in his little old house, and he's writing. He's over there in about the 33rd chapter of the book of Ezekiel. And so all of a sudden, he takes a flight across the universe, and he lands in Daniel's house, and he says, now, Daniel, what do you want? He said, I heard you the first day, but there was something more important than your little battle. I know you got a giant here, but Artaxerxes is the most powerful man in the entire world at this time. And I had to contend with him. But he says, now, I will grant your request. And he give him strength. And he stood on his feet. Oh, hallelujah. Because you did not get your answer the first day and the seventh day and the 14th day or the 20th day does not mean that God has not heard you because God has one of his specials in heaven out holding back the tide of your future as well as everybody else's for 700, 7,000 years into the future almost. And, and he's saying, I've got to do this because there's a giant out there. Oh Lord, there's a giant out there today. Our forces this week took out the most powerful man in the enemy's camp. But another one arise, and we'll have to start searching and following them by some unmanned plane, and we'll watch and follow them. And, uh, but right now, I feel, and, and, and I'm fixing to close, it's, I've already used up all of my time, but friend, right now, that stone that has been granted to you. It's not to take out this section of the church 
are to deal with this section of the church. And it's not to take out the choir. But your duty is to arise with strong legs and ankle muscles and go out and search through. Start in your own heart and then go up to your own brain and look inside there and see. When I was here uh, nearly 10 years ago, I, I preached a message about the chambers of the emergy. If you were here that service, you you'll probably never forget that sermon. The chambers of the emergy. He had to go in, and he says, and tied roundabout in the chambers of his emergy was wild beasts that were tied inside his own brain. And he says, and there was images hung on the walls roundabout. And so Ezekiel had to go in when the Lord picked him up by the hair of the head and held him between the heaven and the earth and showed him a hole in the wall. And he says, now go into that hole. And, and the Holy Ghost began to deal with me and says, he took him to the inside of his own emergy. And inside his own head was all of those things that he had hung up through the years. This is a good picture. This is a pretty good beast. Even though he's bad, I'll just chain him inside my mind. He'll never get loose. But every time the Holy Spirit starts moving in a service, one of those wild beasts that's chained inside your head starts jerking. And you can't get involved because it feels like your head is in a motion that you can't even control. The Lord says, I want you to go inside, open up that door that you've closed and locked, and get in there and bring down those images outside of you, that's inside your head. Untie those beasts and kill them because that's the giant that's killing you. If you're going to throw stones, if you're going to throw stones. Some of the most talented people on the face of the earth is here at Eastwood. Some of the most talented singers and musicians are here at Eastwood. Some of the most talented Speakers and workers are here at Eastwood. You got to admit this whether you want to or not. There is not a more talented than Pastor Ewan and his wife Joan. There is not a more talented director of music than the family of Aaron and his wife. There is not a more talented pastor than Brother Landy Ewan. There is not a more talented group. Are you hearing me? I'm not just using uh, flattery to get across a point. I'm telling you, you have the best and there are people sitting right out here this morning that are not in a class teaching, but you have a sharp mind. But Satan would like to invade that private part of your thinking and let you start thinking with stones that you might throw. But it's the giants in Lake Charles that we're going to bring down. Great fish. Oh no, 33, 30, 30 of the 29 standing there. Only four would come up and say, you know, I, I know I killed, one said, I know I killed 800 with my bare hands. But Rafa's son, that's something else. Well, another said, I took, 
I took a little stick, an ox gold, and I killed 200. But Rafa's son, he's something else. Well, I don't understand why David's nephews is up there. Well, they killed giants. I wonder why Jesus chose his family around him, but he did. And they done exploits. So, I first, I'm going inside my own energy, and I'm gonna kill all of those. And when I walk out of here, I'll have a clear head. And I'll have clear goals. And when I come back in here tonight, I'll have somebody with me. Because I'm not coming back empty-handed. And I'll bring people who are hungry. And then, eventually, I'm going to come dragging that sack. Let's all stand. If you're going to throw stones. If you're going to throw stones. think I understand but I'm not sure I think I know but I won't make that step but one thing I do know for sure we're going to bring down some giants you see every city and every parish in Louisiana has a spirit they have to deal with And that spirit is the crown spirit of this parish. And we got to bring it down. You see, that giant that's holding your family back it's probably you. Probably you. I, I heard about this lady. I did not know her. I just heard the story. She had prayed and asked God to save her husband. And She got a call one day that her husband was in a tragic car accident and when she got to the site they were putting him on a stretcher and they had a sheet pulled over his head and he was dead and she fell down on her face and she said God this is my 21st day of fasting and prayer for my husband and you're going to take him I have not eaten for three weeks that he would be saved. And now Satan has got his slimy hands into this equation. I said, God, you promised me that if I would fast for three weeks, you would save my husband. 
It says now they're loading him in a hearse to take him to the hospital via the funeral home. And while they stood there waiting on her, she fell down and says, God, you got to do better than this. And one that they had cut out of a vehicle that was crushed, that he was, it was dead on a, when they got there, all of a sudden, God reached down and put his bones back together, reshaped his lungs, and reshaped his skull. And all of a sudden, he opened his eyes and looked around, reached up and pulled a sheet off of his face and heard his wife on the ground praying. And he called her name and she got up and told, she told him, she says, God has raised you up. And before they moved him, she prayed him through to the Holy Ghost to speak it in other tongues. But sometimes we got to kill that old giant in us. If you're fasting to lose weight, you've already lost your reason. Oh, you'll lose weight, all right. You'll gain it back also. But if you're fasting for a soul, the God that I serve will bring that person in. It's never failed. Well, I believe it that way. If you're going to throw stones. What do we do? You can stand out there. You can stand up here. And, and I'll bring my part to a close. And we'll go home. And Brother Ewan will be in his vehicle heading to the house. And he'll reach in his script. And he's still got those stones in his pocket. But maybe this is a day that someone will say, I live in Westlake. I'm going to bring down the giant in Westlake. Uh, I live in, on the North Shore. I'm, I'm going to bring down the giant north of here. Uh, I live over towards Iowa. I'm going to bring that giant down there. Or I'm going into Lake Charles and I'm bringing the giant down. Somebody's got to do it. Where revival hits this community until not just a few hears about it because the Ewans call them, but all of a sudden, this is what will happen. They will come from every direction and they will start filing to this parking lot until the parking lot is full and the grass is full and they're parking up the road back towards the freeway and they're parked in the parking lots across. I'm telling you, it'll only happen
also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked. O God, depart from me, therefore, you bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. And then there is a pause in the thought of David when possibly he remembered the grace that God had showed him 
And if there were one of those enemies that maybe had entreated God and said, Lord, please help me. Forgive me, Lord. And then David remembers where God brought him from. And he begins to write, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Sometimes when we turn our life around, it's easy to forget where God brought us from. And we expect people to live up to a certain standard that we ourselves cannot live up to. But the same thing that happened to David. I want us to have a remembrance today that our enemies is not the ones that we worship with every Sunday and every Wednesday. Our enemies are not the ones that are trying to get to the same place that he's prepared for us. Our enemies are not the ones that are trying to walk this walk and try to be pleasing to God. That's not the enemy. Thank you, Brother Bourne, for pointing out sometimes the enemy is within us all. Before we leave, I want us to pray that prayer again through song. And say it with us. Say, search me. Tommy, bring your friend on up and we're going to...